I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back to Watch Less, Complex's podcast about movies and television. As always, I'm Deputy Editor of Complex's Pop Culture Channel, Cal. The homie Fraser Tharp, the summer man, is in the building as well. Yes, sir. Uh, coming off of last week's episode about uh, being a good TV rewatcher, we actually have a, a very dope episode this week with uh, Trinidad James, former. Uh, you you, you might have seen him on Full Size Run with Soul Collector or in uh, Uncut Gems, the the best movie of 2019. Um, he's been getting his Sopranos rewatch on, so we we had to get him on. He finished season one. So we talk a lot about season one. He's got some, uh, he lets us know what his favorite episode is, which might be a little surprising compared to, you know, what, what popular critical convention is for uh, season one. He talks about some of the, the personal connections he feels with the series. And, you know, he, he's got some, some big thoughts about the writing on the show. I, God level is, is how he described it. So if you want to hear more about that, tune into this week's episode, uh, Damn, the man TJ is really, really in these TV streets. Love it. Love having a uh, a, a host of, of, of that status, a, a, a friend of that status we could call on and uh, talk about the the show. Um, all right, so, so we got to recreate the bullpen somehow. We big facts, big, well, because you know he even he talks a little bit about how you know he was really into Breaking Bad, and I want to say one of the first TV conversations, pop culture, anything conversations I had with him was about. Breaking Bad because he was he'd been, he'd re, he'd watched it like he he talks about when he watched it you know in our interview but he might have been rewatching again or was getting caught up on it again uh, when we were discussing in the bullpen that one time it was a while ago and I think after that it was kind of like all last year we were just figuring out how, how deep is your knowledge Trinidad and Trinidad be out here he'd be out here so out here. it's good to have a conversation with him about this with all of that said. I know you guys want to hear that Trinidad James interview talking about season one of Sopranos. We'll get to that after this quick break. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome back to the Watch List Podcast. Shouts out to you, Trinidad James, a two-timer, illustrious guest. Two times. If when, when you guys are done hearing this conversation, go back. To our Christmas 2019 episode, we had Trinidad breaking down uh, everything, uncut gems, and him being a uh, you know getting into the acting game. You know, we had, we had a good conversation. Shouts out to uh, Trinidad, regular host, full size run. You guys just ended the season. Yep, not too long ago we ended the season, so um, definitely interesting times. We had to end it on Zoom because of uh, obviously the, the COVID situation. Yeah. Um, you know, which is, you know, it, it for me, that's a bummer. I'm an in-person type of person. Mm-hmm. Like even, you know, with you guys and, you know, doing watch less for Uncut Gems, then, you know, like that experience, like being in your guys' setting, in your guys' world, like that's your energy that you're building there, you know? Um, and this is cool too. No offense to what we're doing right now on Zoom. Yeah. But, um, you know, it's just something about that, like in-person energy, like you can really feel, you know, it's like nobody acts through a screen. Right. You, you can riff on people you know, more. Mm. exactly exactly so um that is that's how that went or whatever but you know when we come back you know everybody we we got to stay strong you know and, and beat the situation and get things back to a safer way of you know steady 
work world and yeah. you know entertainment world and even you know podcast world. Facts, facts, yes, yes, sir. It's, it's it's been a it's been a nice month and some change, but now you got to get back to uh, your regularly scheduled programming at some point. Um, but I guess nice. asking about the end of the season is that what prompted you to start getting some good TV watching in? I've I've always been a a, a person. You know, especially the last, I would say the last three years, maybe four, of like uh, catching good shows and like going into it. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, I mean, ever, even when I first watched uh, Breaking Bad, which was the show that broke me into the the TV streaming world mm-hmm. or whatever on Netflix, um, that was 2014. Word. Oh, wow. Okay. You know what I'm saying? And that was years after that it came out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So, like, at, when I, that's when I was like, oh, wow. TV is good, you know what I'm saying? Because I had like a, I had a bad stigma against TV, you know. What I'm I was just like, it's a waste of time. It's a um, it's a distraction. Mm-hmm. Oh, whatever. Right. I need to. Be, it's a lot of things. That are, it's a lot more things I need to be working on. You know what I'm saying? I'm not at a place where I want to be at as a uh, entertainer, as a businessman. Blah 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 blah. I'm not going to waste my time sitting on the couch watching TV. Right. A lot of you know people had that stigma that you know shows like. Um, Breaking Bad and Mad Men and the show that we're here to talk about today played a big part in breaking down. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, it was funny, though, because it, I guess it was around late April. It, whatever weekend Extraction came out on Netflix, saw Trinidad online, and he was try- getting some suggestions for something you should watch. I mean, he was like, you know, is there Extraction? Uh, it was something else you mentioned. Um, cause I know you had already been watching the outsider and then you mentioned wanting to, uh, you threw the Sopranos in there. Yeah. I said, I actually like, should I like, you know, what is, uh, what you recommend? I was like, I actually, should I watch Sopranos mm. for the first time? I asked you about instruction and then maybe I just asked your opinion Yeah, on, yeah. on what I should watch. And me, me yeah. being a, a true Jersey representer, I had to get on the Ooh. pedestal and, uh, and speak my piece. When you throw Sopranos in the conversation, I don't want to say I'm the wrong guy to ask because I'm. It's always we're going with Sopranos. We're going with Sopranos. I can't. Right, it's right. too good of a Early. show. Well, first, you know, just to back up for the listeners that don't know, TJ, uh, you know, any week that he's in the office, we always chop it up with the movie conversations yes. with him. Yeah. So, you know, we're always going back and forth on suggestions. You're giving us a lot of suggestions sometimes too, TJ. Mm-hmm. I definitely. What was the? I want to get to the bad liar or the good liar still. Remember that one? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah I mean, it, it was fun to see, you know, even though we can't all be in the office, you and Cal still uh, keeping up with the info trade. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, TV talk is a talk that I feel that in my world, you don't really see, you don't get to see it as, as often just like in general. Like, you got to wait till like a big interview mm-hmm. for somebody to find out like, oh, what do they like when it comes to movies and TV? When it's just like, we're all watching TV shows and movies mm-hmm. all the time, you know what I'm saying? For different reasons and, and pulling different things from it. You know what I'm saying? And that, that, that conversation, that narrative that you have to me is better when I could just say something on Twitter, you get it and you throw it back at me compared to us having to have a sit down, like, you yeah, know what I'm saying? Like yeah. we poly or something, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, like a real, you know, made men sit down, like, come on, man. Like, just have a conversation about it. Like, we should be able to do that, you know? Facts. So, you know, you mentioned that you, you are regularly watching a lot of things, consuming a lot of things. But, you know, me and Cal were talking about this last week, how um, the quarantine and all this extra time on our hands does inspire you to, uh, you know, add some things that you may have put on the back burner a while or maybe weren't so urgent. Facts. So is that one of the reasons that you decided to go to Soprano Season 1? Because it's not like there's like a big yes. anniversary going or any, you know, Spent, well, there's the, the the prequel movie coming, but not for a while. So yeah, especially it's, yeah. it's a random thing to go back to now, but it is interesting because I see a lot of people going back to like some of the the, the higher prestige shows like Breaking Bad and Mad Men and The Sopranos is you know they're the Sopranos sons. So. Right, <laughs> funny, funny, funny. <laughs> right, you know, in 1999, you know, what I'm saying that's season one right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, crazy. You know, when I think 1999, I think of the last year of Freaknik being from Atlanta. I think of uh, DMX's like last like top killer albums, mm-hmm. and I think about everything that actually mattered in my life at that time in 1999 compared to like the things that I wasn't a part of, which was The Sopranos. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, it didn't relate to what my life is going, what's going on in my life. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And that is uh, what I realized. You know, that's how people consume TV or whatever. If you're, if you're not a big avid TV person where it's just like, I'm watching boom, 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 boom. You being from Jersey, I can understand why a Jersey show would even be more appealing for you to watch Thanks. back in the late 90s. Thanks. You know what I'm saying? Like, but if you're not from Jersey and you're from Hotlanta, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like an up north show or whatever about mafia unless you know you're a big fan of goodfellas and all those type of things from the past Mm -hmm. you know um you would pass it you would pass it you know like none of my friends seen it that makes sense that makes sense you know what i'm saying it's just you and it's not because obviously it's not because it's not a good show it's just that people like to watch the things that relate to their culture Mm -hmm. correct you know what i'm saying or you could identify with you know what I'm saying? I don't know if you're an old mafia guy or something. <laughs> no, you know what it is, though. Hey, hey, hey. I, <laughs> hey, hey, yeah, hey we hey, we hey. talking about that? No, um, I don't, the wire is hot. Around that place. <laughs> 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 no, but you know what? I was always fascinated by that stuff. I remember when I saw Goodfellas, I actually went and read the Wise Guy book that it was based off of. Like, I just, nice. there was always something about that world that got to me. And I was actually just, uh, I remember The Sopranos coming out. And I wasn't as into it when it first when it first dropped. You watched this season live, Cal? I watched season one live. I didn't amazing. I didn't really get into it though until the end of season two. Like I, because I, I was in high, I was in my senior year of high school when it started. It was like January '99. Um, I watched the whole thing. I was home. I went to college the next year, and I caught none of season two until the finale. And, oh, and, okay. and there was all, I mean, I can't go into, I don't want to spoil TJ before he gets in, but like, yeah, there, yeah, yeah. There, there's things that happen. I'm like, yo, I really, I really fuck with this. I need to go back. So when right. I came home um, that summer, I ended up catching up. And then from then on, I was watching the whole thing. Locked uh, in. Yeah. And, and I was also a little, I mean, I was already, you know, an, an adult. I was a legal adult at that point too. Yeah. So it was like, you know, yeah. it, it, it spoke to me differently than I think it would have if you were a little younger or if you're a little older it was a different different era but going off that um that's one of the reasons why you know once i saw tj tweeting about finally watching it i wanted to have him on here because that what you said is actually my experience you know like so 1999 i was like eight years old when the show premiered and um it's one of those shows where especially when we're talking about times where re-watching things wasn't so accessible like you had to. I don't even think they had DVDs on mass like that back then. No, you had, you had to be correct. really locked in like a VHS box set if you wanted to catch up on something. Yeah, yeah. So facts. The, super facts. The Sopranos was, was always a show for me that I just kind of like remember watching over my parents' shoulders mm-hmm. and um, for the entirety of the run. And as I got older, I remember things more clearly. Like I think the last two seasons pretty much really stick in my mind. So. Watching it now, it almost is like watching it for the first time. Mm-hmm. But there's also crazy shit where it's like I remember like like we hadn't even moved from New York at that point. So I remember like New York One news reports asking people on the street uh, their reaction to like the season two or three finale and shit. And it was divisive. So yeah, it's yeah. fun to like go back into it where it's like it's like I'm watching it for the first time. But there are these pieces that I that are familiar to me. When I look at the age that I was. Yeah, I was still too young to even, like, really, you know what I'm saying? Like, we didn't have, because I came on an HBO. That's an HBO show. Yeah, yeah. You know, so, so you also had to have that channel, which was an expensive channel. 100%. Oh, you know yeah. what I'm saying? At the time. So, you know what I'm saying? It was like, that was a privileged show. Like, mm-hmm. HBO is, like, the shit. Like, I don't think that nobody's better than HBO. They're, like, the OGs of being the shit. They're, like, the Scorsese of shit. Fact. My personal opinion, like, because of their taste level. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. You know what I'm saying? Like the, the things that they've done, like, you know, the curb enthusiasms and even the sports shit, like, just the way that they depict things. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? The shows that they choose to green light or whatever. Like, nobody don't got kahunas like that. You know what oh, I'm yeah. saying? And this is not even a diss. It's just the truth when you look at the, the track record. Well, I mean, again, you mentioned 99. It's been 20 years since this show came out. A lot of people's favorite, especially when they talk about prestige television, a lot of it's a lot later. They don't really start, you know, that early. And, you know, just to, to, to emphasize the HBO point, Fonte from Little Brother the other day was like, um, he was basically like, yo, you know, don't disrespect Oz, which was a show that had come out on HBO it started a couple yeah. a couple of years before The Sopranos did, and it didn't get the hype. It was basically like if you could take one of those uh, Law & Order shows and just really go balls to the wall on HBO. It was kind of like that. Um, and they they set the standard with that early on. But I think when, yeah, you, I hate. 
when, when you think of the actual idea of what is prestige television, Sopranos is the blueprint for a lot of that stuff. Now you, I, it has to be because I saw you tweet that you had gone through like seven episodes in one day. <laughs> yeah. When I first, when I, when you was like, you know, go for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I started, I went seven straight. Crazy. Cause it's 13. I mean, and it just didn't make sense. I didn't want to ruin it all. Just watching it all in one go. Word. No. You know what I'm saying? Yes. It's Love like, it. Can't binge. Can't binge. You know what I'm saying? It's like, like, you know, give it, you know, take a break or whatever. Then you lose some flavor when you binge. Exactly. Or whatever. Like to the, to the eighth, ninth hour of binging or whatever, the, the mindset that you need to be in to really grasp the show, you start to fade away from that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like you're just in a trance Word. or whatever. You know what I'm saying? And I think that that's not good TV watching. No. Or whatever. That's the guy that I don't want to be. That's the guy that I have something against who just is like, do you even know the show? Like you watch the whole season, boom, in one set, but do you actually know what happened? A hundred percent. whatever. Because sometimes you get right. into just like, I'm looking at it because I don't have nothing else to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we are in a quarantine situation where I don't have other things to do like that, but I do have a lot of other shows on my palette to watch. And right. I could always go write music, do this, that, that. It's a lot of things I can go and do and play the game. You can, you can binge out in the game for 10, 12 hours. <laughs> 100%. I just kind of wanted to to really, really give it that that full, like, full punch or whatever. I was like, let me look at this show for real. Mm. And, um, you know, when I got to seven, episode seven, um, and watch that, I was just like, okay. High art. All right. You know what I'm saying? It's like four or five in the morning. Actually, it's later. It's like six in the morning. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because I started at a weird time. Like, you know, like, I think we was texting or tweeting around like 10. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? 10-ish or something like that. Yeah, yeah, that nine is. And yeah, you know what I'm saying? And I just went in from there like, go, 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 go. You know what I'm saying? And then by like, you know, six in the morning, you know, I was just like, you know, I could eat something and, you know, get the energy to, boom, you know, go back at it. I was just like, nah, this show is special and I want to watch it when my, my mindset is always heightened. Word. It was well, it was a big deal, especially live. I re- Again, season three was the first time I was really like, you know, hardcore. And this is the thing that I'm doing. I don't care what happened throughout the week. Sunday's at nine o'clock. This is my time. And, right. uh, you know, it... It made each, you know, the anticipation for the following episode was always heightened because you, you didn't have to go through, oh, I can watch three or four more of these and you kind of, you know, fuck your rhythm exactly. up. Exactly. It wasn't a Netflix rhythm like that. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So it, it's always fun to um to, to hear what people think of something that when they come into it after it's been so hyped up. So TJ, when in those first seven episodes did the show really hit you? Like, oh, I see where the hype is all coming from. Episode one off the rip. Like, if you know what's up in TV, and with the knowledge that I have now as a grown-up, mm-hmm. off the rip, it, you know, it sets the tone. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, when, when Tony is riding in the Lexus with, uh, um, with Christopher. Christopher. Yeah. And um, they see old boy. He, yeah, they see old boy, and he just automatically, you know, goes to, you know, it's, it's always about principle and respect with him. You know what I'm saying? But he also is kind of schizo. It's, it's, it's really interesting, like, it's, it's so much because I'm watching. I, I took a break, like I said. I watched season one, and then I could have went straight into two, and because like I want to, mm-hmm. but I kind of like I just felt myself get too deep. Like I was already too deep after season one. Like wow, I'm just internalizing this show so much because it it touches on so many different uh, political issues and so many current events, and it's like mm-hmm. so real life of the problems that we have now in the world. Like it was showing you then. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Of gentrification and yes. and this before we no anybody ever used the word gentrification. Word. They were showing you that like it, gentrification doesn't just affect black people, it affects everybody. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The Italians felt the type of way about these fake ass Starbucks coffee shops mm-hmm. was using mm-hmm. their recipes for desserts. You know what I'm saying? It's like the 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 problems mm-hmm. that they had with blacks or whatever, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. This is the shit, the same problem that whites have a black for the same problems that blacks have with this, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like these racial tensions that were there and they were depicting on this show. You know, it's like, I'm looking at it through that lens. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that is why it's like, yo, this right here. I'm thinking like, dang, 20 years ago, it was this crazy. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. What? You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like it's been right in our face forever. 
and like um we get so caught up in the sex and the titties and the guns and the mm -hmm. and the you know what i'm saying this person this that that and it's like the social issues that these writers are putting into these shows man uh even from then is like this is why this is the shit. <laughs> this is why this right. is the blueprint you know yeah you saw the blueprint exactly it's, exactly and what really struck me that was crazy too is how um you know, don't worry, I'm, I'm great at spoilers. I'm not going to give anything away, but it struck me how different this season was from what the show would become almost in that, like, the mob stuff really doesn't take up so much of the plot. Like, it really is just like a, a Him, his family life, drama. His family. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, that's... With, that's and that's his workplace, what? you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy, bro. Like, his wife, you know, like, Edie, Edie Falco, Camilla, Camilla, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like, she, she I mean... I don't, what, she's the strongest woman on earth. Yeah. She says to him about like, you know, I'm not worried about these guava goons or whatever she called them, the, the women. <laughs> the gumas. Like the the gumas, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> or whatever, you know what I'm saying? It's the, the psychiatrist that bothers her, you know what I'm saying? Because mm -hmm. she has his mind. These other girls just have his, his penis. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, like, what woman says that? Like, how real, you know what I'm saying? Like, how real can you be? Yeah, right? yeah. What you tell me here falls under doctor-patient confidentiality. Except if I was, uh, if I was to hear, let's say, a, a murder was to take place. Not that I'm saying it would, but if. It's, it's just crazy to see all these, I mean, even when uh, the, the chef, uh, what's my boy's name? Artie. Alex. Artie, Artie, Artie Buco. Yeah, Artie, yep, Buco, exactly, John. He, um, he like his wife when she says to Carmela that oh she had sex with Tony, or whatever, and Carmela just like they didn't even make that a thing in the show. She just ate it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like what you know? What I'm saying? It's like what like like any other show they would have went into some big debacle and somebody would have died. Da 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 da. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like shit that like we don't want to get that deep into or whatever. It's kind of like look man, the shit went down. It wasn't right, but I'm letting you know. We supposed to be friends. I'm still pissed. Y'all burnt down my thing. I didn't even know y'all burnt down my thing. Yeah, whatever, yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's a lot of subconscious. It's like, it's so amazing and it felt so real life. It shows you that the bad things that you do to people, even behind their back, still affect, it still affect you. Right. It still holds tension in y'all's relationship. 100%. Yeah, you know I'm saying? And like other things kind of evolve from it and come out of it because you're hiding this thing. Yeah, I love yeah. the way that the show depicts that. Yeah, that. Oh, yeah. The energy manifests itself in different ways. Always. Uh, that's why I can't wait for you to, to, to keep seeing you as you progress through the show because a lot of the shit that you're picking up on right now, it gets deep. And, and, and because it's six seasons, they don't hit you over the head quick. Yeah, that's why I kept saying to you, I was like, bro, how did this get to six seasons? That's what, but that I think I'm that's like, why. I'm like, you could have stopped at one and be better than everybody's shit. Facts. Like, well, the other thing that's really crazy about it, too, is is watching, like, this season, you know, there had never been a show like this. Some of these people had never even made TV before like this. HBO was barely in the TV game, like the original programming game like this. Yeah. So sure. they've still, um, it has almost an indie quality feel to it, like. It's a great yeah. season of television for a show that's only going to get better. But I, I will say, I will say, because you're not wrong, but if you look at the original programming, HBO's been, again, I've, God bless my mom, was always blessed to have HBO in the house. It's the one premium cable channel that we had. <laughs> uh, we had shout that, out to that woman. We had that practice. Shout, shout, that out, shout out to her. Um, I'll call her after we're done recording. Um, Are you was watching Arliss? I mean, I'd, I'd seen it all come up. <laughs> Dream on back in the day, like you know, with Larry Sanders. All, all like I, HBO was one of those channels, but yeah, and they were dope. But if I'm, I, I will check. But I believe The Sopranos is the first show to get that Emmy recognition. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like mm. they were the first. Okay. They were the ones that were when. It's, you figure, uh, I was going to say Quentin Tarantino, but think of like Robert Rodriguez, how he had a couple of smaller films and then he hit with like a Desperado and then he hits with something bigger. It was like Facts. HBO was working on that. And by, by the time they got to The Sopranos, they knew what was going on. They had the right vehicle. And that's when it really, you know, took off in, in terms of mm -hmm. that word prestige, that word uh, 
you know, excellent when you come to a disturbing yeah. television. Oh, for sure. This is like the pre-album to Get Rich or Die Trying. <laughs> I don't know, you know what I'm saying? Season right, one is 50 like Cent is the future. You know what I'm saying? It's like, whoa, it's like, it's not Get Rich or Die Trying in season one, but it's like, yo, this kid got potential to be that thing. You know what I'm saying? Like this, the, nah, for sure. The Sopranos, I mean, like I said, I, and I've only watched season one. I've never, you know, seen nothing else. And just like I said, like from these 13 episodes to start it off, I was like, if they stopped right there, right there, you know what I'm saying? It's like, you don't want no smoke. Like The last scene is so great yeah. in Bro. the restaurant. So and, great. And, and I, I'm so happy you brought that up because I want, I want to get your take. What does that mean? What does, Which that, part what does that mean? The part where, like, okay. He, I mean, obviously, he wanted to end it on a family note, right? Where them, go, him pulling over to Artie's place mm-hmm. to have dinner with his family mm-hmm. through all the shit that they went through for the whole season or whatever, to end it there on a family dinner, you know what I'm saying? They do the cheers, and he gives that great speech to his family. Mm-hmm. Someday soon, you're going to have families of your own. And if you're lucky, you remember the little moments like this. And then like, the camera pans out and it ends like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, what, what did that mean? Like, what, like what, what is that? why does that stand out so much to you? Well, to me, it's just, it's, it's really fun to note that it's like they have a great, the camera's very tight on them, right? They have that great cheers. They pan out and who's in there? You know, Paulie, Silvio, Christopher thing. It's almost like a visual representation of how the, the, the mob and the life is always going to hang over the family. But, oh, okay, 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 okay. That's what, okay, because I seen that when they came in and Pauline then was there. So I was just mm-hmm. like, you know, this is what the wife, this is what Buko's wife um, was, was afraid always, of. Yeah. Yes. Was like, yeah. they're going to bring their ass in here. Stop hanging with them. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? She, but she, and it open. also, it also just was a, it was like a good note of just like the, it, it, it made the, the show feel like a universe, you know, like them mm-hmm. all being in there. And it's not contrived that they will all be in there at the same time either. Well, I think I think that's a big part because you remember this is the same guy who has this this very tumultuous relationship with his mom. He's still making sure that he's got her not in just a a old folks home, but like the top tier mm. old folks home. Like I think um you know it's it's a it's a it's a dope way to illustrate how these strained relationships are. They're still they they wouldn't think of anything but being with this group of guys that they're being with and their families. That's how, I mean, I Ghostface said it best. My seeds grow with you, your seeds. Then okay. marry your seeds. And that's how we keep Wu-Tang money all up in the family. I just felt like nah, a, nah, a nah, preacher nah. What for you call a it, um, I love, no, no, no. Great, great, great analogy. Um, I love that, that dynamic of his mother and the psychiatrist. Oh, yeah. That three, that three man weave right there. The writing that went into that, is God level writing. I'm just putting it out there into the world. That dynamic of a man's mother and his psychiatrist just telling him the God honest truth and how deep he went, he was hallucinating. He hallucinated a whole bad bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, that threw me for a loop. I was bugged out. He was just Yo, talking that, about that it episode. Threw me off. It threw me off. Like, I was like, damn. Because Carmela saw her outside the window. I was like, wait, exactly. what? Exactly. <laughs> exactly 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 and it's just like that took him it and i when did they get introduced to that lady like eight episode eight or is it is it like uh one? isabella isabella that was, was she that was 12 yeah yeah so boom it's, right. it's just so the like, one episode yeah right so boom they take you all the way through strong tony strong tony strong tony strong tony strong tony and then they showed us the press sorry fucking tony yeah. or whatever and it's literally the stress of his mother, who is the cancer. How can the person that gave you life be your death? It's crazy. But, and but they all, go ahead. No, what were you going to say? I was going to say, but they, I was just going to say that, like, just that saying, once again, to take it back to parents, where it's like, I, I brought you in this world, I'll take you out. Yeah. You know oh, what I'm yeah. saying? It's like, like, it's literally that saying. Like, when she was, I don't know if she was actually smiling when you went to go. When he got to pick that pillow up and he came from the yeah. hospital, dog. Yeah, yeah. And that, <laughs> oh my god! Just just not a couple weeks ago, we were talking, talking. Fraser and Angel were going back and forth about the finale. To think that we've had those scenes 
in season one where it's like, shit, you could go, you could have X, Y, Z reasons why you think she might have been smiling. You could have, you know, ABC reasons why you think she wasn't smiling, you know. what, what is Uncle Junior, you know, because he's an old man too. Was he reading signs wrong? Like, you know, there was so much in uh, just their conversations together. There's so many yeah. layers to me, especially in rewatching, because you could rewatch, you could watch it one way, and then a couple weeks later watch the same scene again and see different ways for it to be a, a totally different conversation. Man, Uncle Junior is a bad mo- is a bad boy. Uncle Junior is a bad boy. I paused on continuing into season two because I um I was like, you know what, I'm gonna check out uh, Godfather Harlem. Uh-huh. It, it it takes me, you know, of course, you know what that's about, you know, the whole, you know, Bumpy Johnson, blah, 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 still Italian based, right. blah, 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 blah. You know, man, it's kind of like you get to hear some of the similarities in that, that age range of like how like going down on a woman is crazy. What's that smell? Did you guys go to a sushi bar? The fuck's he talking about? I thought you were a bacala man, Uncle June. What are you doing eating sushi? You fucking run off at the mouth, you know that? And it's just like, it's like, what? Like, you know, it's like the way that they think, like, how can blowing somebody's head off is like, hey, this is just the rules or whatever. But like going out on a woman is like, oh, no, yeah, like, that's the end of yeah, our world. Yeah. Like going to get mental help, it, it shows you that mental illness has been something that's been shout, sh- like uh, played down for years. Yeah. It, would, it shows a sign of weakness that he was going to psychiatrists, not just because he could snitch, but just because he's not capable enough of yeah. handling the business yeah. when he's way more fucking capable than Uncle Junior. In fact. And, and they're, they're, they're still questioning him because they know they, they're hearing rumors that he's going to the psychiatrist. They don't know if he's they a boss or whatever. Kill him. Yeah, it's crazy. Family, and it, the fact that you, so the fact that Italians could try and kill each other and still have family dinner on Sunday it's... <laughs> is like, I don't know if our culture is built like that. I just don't know if our culture is built like that. No, nah, that's what I'm gonna say. Somebody aunt would be swinging at some point. At the oh, next it wouldn't go down. Know? Like it wouldn't go down. Yeah, somebody mama would have been done through a whole hot boiling pan of grits on a nigga. A basket of cornbread. <laughs> done. It's done. Like it's done, bro. Oh, For real. It's crazy. Yeah, nah, man. man I, I, I love the, the way that his mother was written because it was super subtle in a way that you know we don't see that before. Like I think a lesser show would have made it more pronounced. Like she would have outright said like, let's whack him or been like, you know, way more evil Word. on paper instead of like this really subtle, really fucked up manipulation that she was doing. She yeah. said, and then they you... turned it into dementia. Then they turned it into yeah. dementia mm-hmm. without ever uh, like, without ever admitting that she's trying to be facetious or she's looking for attention is just there. Or whatever, like no, nah, I'm telling you, man, that dynamic, like I said, of mother Tony psychiatrist. Look, bro, that writing right there is God level writing, God level. I wasn't always perfect, but I always tried to do the best I could. And I know you didn't, any of you didn't like it when I tried to tell you what to do. Babies are like animals; they're no different than dogs. It would have sucked if I'd recommended a show. <laughs> and it was a dud. I'm glad you're, you're this over the moon about it. When I think about a person who could like, like I hate the Sopranos, right? Mm. I don't know if they watched the whole thing because that also is kind of crazy for you to watch six seasons or something and hate it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> how much of season one did you watch it and during what time of your life? Where? Yep. You know what I'm saying? It's very hard for somebody to really win an argument of, with valid points of why you don't like this show. The only thing I could truly in my heart think about is not being able to relate. Yeah, 100%. If you, if you stayed in a bubble of like, I only watch these type of shows and these type of movies my whole life, then I could understand where another man's culture could be like, I just don't, I, I don't get it. It ain't, it ain't for me. Word. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Because it doesn't give black people the best depiction in it either. No. no. So well, I, I, I wanted to that. ask you about that. I wanted to ask you about that, TJ. As a rapper actor, um, if we had to pull out one dud, one rare misstep for the season. What did you think of the the Christopher Bokeem Woodbine episode? Uh, first of all, Bokeem is a bad boy. Yes. When they picked yes. him to be, when they, that's a special black man. Yes. I don't know. Yes. I don't know how he's gonna get his flowers or roses, but he deserves them because he's always stay relevant. He always plays character, 
and he probably has the best ball head in the industry. He, he had that ball head early too, super early. It's ninety nine, bro. <laughs> he had it before that. He was at least bald like ninety three. I think he was out there early. You know what I'm saying? Like this dude is like get, like flip star, like like not flip star, but uh, what is a gang star? Damn, like he is like sticky fingers. Like yeah. this dude is like, you know, like this dude is a beast, bro. Him, him being that person, and then the character that they gave him. I mm-hmm. respected it, you know what I'm saying, because okay. he he wasn't uh, he had his flamboyant niggerish ways. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. he wasn't dumb. Mm-hmm. He yes. wasn't dumb by a long shot. Right. You know, he gave you a big masterpiece feel. I don't know if they was That's thinking what about was when they was writing him mm-hmm. yeah. because that was also the height of um, No Limit, 98, right. 99. Yeah, you know, what I'm so it's like okay, the writers that were involved in this, even if it wasn't a black writer. It was a person that really appreciated music. What's in this for you? If you read Chuck D's book, you know that he advises that reparations be made by the Jewish studio moguls in Hollywood on account of the way black folks have been portrayed in the film. Now, it's only germane to this argument in as much as I feel that the grievances in the music business are far worse. You're talking to the wrong white man, my friend. I love that they wrote it in where it's like um, Tony's friend, um, the guy, hey. the Jewish... Yeah, Hesh, right? Hesh? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, he, I love that they put that in there because it, that's such a real thing where, like, yeah. it's some Jewish royalties. Yeah. royalties. <laughs> yeah. no, that's like. Did you real. get triggered? Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. When the, the scene when he's sitting there drinking, listening to music, and looking at the pictures of the dude that, that um, old boy wants the money for, that Bokeem mm-hmm. wants the money for. And, you know, it's just like it's eating at him. I whatever I was like, bro. This is real, bro. Like they, like men, go and look at the Grammys and the Emmys and the pictures and the, the your most iconic photos that they have in their thing, I whatever. And they look at the things that they have around them: palaces, mansions, Rolls Royces, Ferraris, this, that. Their kids in college, boom, 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 boom. And it's a, a decision where it's like, am I going to do the right thing because it's the right thing to do, or am I going to continue to act clueless, like? My morals don't matter more than, oh, you, you made a dumb decision to sign this. Word. You know, Word. So because your decision is what got you fucked. <laughs> 100% facts, yeah. Once you sign something on a contract, then that's on you, brother. You know what I'm saying? Like, you messed up. You know you fucked up, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, that's, <laughs> that's that. If you don't use your success in that, the height of your success, what, whatever that is, especially like let's let's use that, let's stay in Sopranos. That that particular artist that they talk about, the Bokeem is trying to get the money for his family. Mm. If you don't mm-hmm. use your leveling up, your leveling up to bring somebody on your team that could get what you need, get your royalties back, get your money, make sure that things get better when you're climbing or whatever. When you fall off, you're gonna fall off with nothing because it's your fault. You didn't decide to get new new uh, representation. Mm-hmm. You wanted to just believe in this Jewish man or whatever who was giving you peanuts on the on the on the penny, you know right. what I'm saying? Like that's your fault. The, that's a, and that's a harsh reality for our culture. Right. When, you know what I'm saying? To to grasp or whatever, because we strive so much off of morals. You gotta realize that stop putting your morals in the way of your business. Right. Because you're getting them as they keep showing you, or whatever. This industry doesn't have room. For soft people, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying. Nobody's trying to give you uh, four hundred thousand dollars from twenty years ago that they owe you. Oh no, at all. Hell no, hell no. It's not that. And I love that they wrote that in there. Mm-hmm. You know that that would that one spoke to me personally, just on a like understanding because I have an understanding of the music industry. I right. would have, you know, what I'm saying it was just like, wow, this is '99, and they're showing you. Word. This hasn't changed it's 21 years later however much years later and it's still the same thing going down right, right now you know what i'm saying like wising up you know it's, it's man that show is incredible did you have a favorite episode hmm let me think well i'll let tell you think. one thing i'll break you off with some, with some tv nerd knowledge Please. the episode that um a a lot of people call classic to this day and B, a lot of people say was like the watershed moment when people at the time realized like, oh, this show is on some real other shit was uh, college when yeah. Tony and Meadow go on the trip. And I, I will oh, say, real? I, 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 made, I mentioned the Emmys earlier. I made sure I found a quote. I don't want Super Deuce or Talib or nobody get mad at me. 
Um, Do it. That, it was the 51st Primetime Emmy Awards. It was that August. Uh, Edie Falco won the Emmy for lead actress for that episode. Because remember, it was her and Father uh, Phil Snakehead. Yeah, Ooh, he, he, he was in the house eat, drinking on Tony's wine and eating all his food and trying to, you Yo, know, maybe. He did the communion all seductive. Yeah. I was like, brother, yeah. you that was... are a sick man. Go on. Are you forsaken? What is right for what is easy. Allowing what I know is evil in my house. Allowing my children, oh my God, my sweet children to be a part of it. Because I wanted things for them. I wanted a better life, good schools. I wanted this house. Wanted money in my hands, money to buy anything I ever wanted. I'm so ashamed. So she, she with with that win, she was the first actress from a cable network to win the lead actress Emmy for a drama series, and she also became the first person from any cable TV series to win a major acting award. Um, but the Bye. the funny thing is, there was a. <laughs> remember i mentioned hbo doing original programming they had this weird half hour like adult rom-com series called dream on and one guy did win a couple of emmys for like guest performance roles on the show but i mean for for, like an actual lead in you know a primetime cable drama series edie falco she's she's on the rushmore she has to be on the rushmore yeah i think college definitely lived up to the hype um What's it called? For me, I'm I'm looking back just to see. Uh, my favorite one from from season twelve, well, season one. It could be Isabella. That's a good or, one. Um, or a hit is a hit. Hit is a hit is good. Yeah, yeah. That I mean, a hit yeah. Is a hit, <laughs> a hit is a hit. I'm, um, I would say I would say those. Uh, I. College or college, college, college is was okay to me. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like to me, Tony, Tony should have, Tony should have got shot. You know what I'm saying? Like Tony, <laughs> like because that dude knows what mm-hmm. time it is. He's yeah. a snitch or whatever. But once again, I do appreciate how much they value family mm-hmm. and moral. He didn't want right. to do it because of his daughter. He was with his daughter. He was like, man, I ain't gonna do him like that. Word. But he should have. Tony didn't have that at all. Tony said, "Fuck that." Oh man! Oh, Can't I mean that's why. I mean wire. that's why Tony is. Uh, you know, that's why Tony is Tony. You don't make characters like that. They're not. They're not. Every actor's not that. You know what I'm saying? When Tony is mad, he's mad for a reason. It's never really like Tony doesn't waste his madness. Right. Yes. You know what I'm saying? It's always like, why you make me do this? Why? Okay. You know what I'm saying? Okay. <laughs> Even with his like with his kids, when I look at the son now, and then I think about like who he could be in by season six, which Frazier don't say a fucking word. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, and then I, I kind of even ruined myself when I looked at the cast because I hate, um, I like to know the people's names so I could like address them properly because they deserve that respect mm-hmm. or whatever. But I seen the updated picture of the sun and it's just like, ah, oh, uh, I didn't want to yeah. see that. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I didn't want to see that yeah. because I know that like in my mind, I'm guessing what he could grow into. Mm. Or whatever, you know what I'm saying? But I don't know. I don't know. Uh we'll I'll see how it goes as I continue, you know. But um Oh yeah. You know, uh it's it's really interesting. The the daughter, um you know, she gets on my nerves. Meadow gets on my nerves. Whew. You know, um I the liked her in college the, though. The, yeah. yeah, no, college because yeah, she uh, anytime that you can have that real talk with your mm-hmm. family and the fact that they brought exactly. that to life in nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, you know, exactly. It's like, come on, Pops, like you, you that dude. Yeah, you know that was so Shinosha. dope to see. You call Shinosha to me, man. Like, Facts. You know Cut the bullshit. Like, keep, keep it real. Come on, with dog. Me. Like, come on. Like, it's only going to take so long before. It, and it shows you the power of the internet even then in 1999. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, so the, mafia.com. You know, the mafia.com. <laughs> like, what the hell? You know what I'm saying? It's like, what are we talking about here? You know? Jesus. Um, but Meta, get, Meta gets on my nerves. She gets on my nerves. She's probably my least favorite character. Mm, interesting. And that's because of how good her at, she's playing that role of like a spoiled, bratty, clueless, but very yeah. informative, like bratty 
person. Word. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So it's like, it's not like I hate her because her acting sucks. I hate her because she's so good at playing that particular role. I and I hate right. that role. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like, the son, he goes on and off of being clueless because he actually was clueless. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's like, okay, kid, you, you're a little special, but all right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I got faith in you. I'm going to see how the seasons continue. I don't know. You could let me all the way down, but until yeah. proven different, like they say in the court of law, you're innocent. Right, right. Damn. You know? Nah, for sure. Well, I, I, well go ahead. TJ, I don't know if you listened um, to our episode last week, but we talked a lot about the uh, the art of watching TV. So I'm really happy to see you uh, observing one of our points, which is that you shouldn't just barrel into one season after the other. You got to let them sit so they can stand as individual things on their own. So, um, you know, when do you think you're going to start season two? I don't, this is going to come across disrespectful and they might come back to bite me in the butt. So I want to make sure I say this the right way. Mm. I'm going to go ahead and uh, and finish off Godfather of Harlem because it's only one season. It's 10 episodes. Mm-hmm. Whatever. So I'm already six in or whatever. You know what I'm saying? And that was short. Like that was like in a day and a half time. Like mm. I was just breezing through it, breezing through it, breezing through it. Because it's easy. After seeing The Sopranos, like everything is just like, right. you know what I'm saying? It's cool. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm not a hater. Mm. I'm not. It's just no. like, all right. You know what I'm saying? But it's like, dog, I just came off of watching season one Sopranos and this shit is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Cause I really care about the writing. Like I really care. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like I truly care about like character buildup. I really care about like certain things where it's like, Ooh, cause I transfer everything into real life. Mm-hmm. If I can't compare a show to real life, then it's like, mm, you know what I'm saying? It's going to fade for me or whatever. And I only know the highlights. It's almost like a, it's like albums so that you only care about the singles. Yeah. What? Mm-hmm. To answer your question, Fraser, I'm going to finish off Godfather of Harlem, probably start back Sopranos tomorrow evening. I'm going to go ahead and work all okay. day on other things and then unwind with a nice pasta <laughs> and, um, and Sopranos. There you go. That's what's up. You know what I'm saying? And you're going to get tweeted. You're going to get tweeted. Cal. I can't <laughs> wait. Yeah, no, I can't know. wait. I was going to say, you know, we might need to, uh, you know, maybe not so, like, depending on how quickly you get you get into it, we might need to check back in with you and see how, how it develops. Definitely yeah. need to do some check-ins. Yeah, I mean, hey, I'm, I'm just like the um, the honorary third secret host on this show. Talk about you know what I'm saying? It's, like, it, it's out there in the, in the world, you know what I'm saying? Because um, I do... You know, um, to, as an ending point, you know, I do truly appreciate that you guys care that much about TV and movies. It's a it's a secret passion of mine. And like I envisioned moving to L.A. in 2015 because I wanted to get into TVs and movies. That's why I left Atlanta or whatever, my comfort zone, everything that made me successful in the music world and the entertainment world. But I was like, I wanted more. And, you know, like because I love, love, love film. I love it. My whole heart. You know, I love film when I love TV. You know what I'm saying? But TV's getting so good or whatever that it's like, you know, it makes up for like when film is like weak. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because film, film has weak years sometimes. Like last year was an incredible year. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But mm-hmm. well, obviously this year is not going to be an incredible year for so many different reasons. Yeah, facts. facts. I mean, look how I don't think extraction would have done as well if we were in the regular setting of the world. Of the no, world. it would it would have got blown it would have got blown right over. Yeah, yeah it's just, and there's no disrespect to them or whatever. Yeah. But it's like, hey bro, like if you understand TV and you really do this shit, you really look at it. That's not a 90 million first week show. No, no. That, and that's why I said, that's hey, if, if you want to take some time out, I think my quote was <laughs> S- Saturday early evening watch or something like that, you're yeah. good to go. Yeah, Thor with guns. <laughs> what that, no, I said, yeah. I said, I said Thor at War, which I thought was one yeah, of my Thor <laughs> at War. Right. That, when you said that the first time, I was like, I was looking for Thor at War to show for, so, for like an hour. Like, what the hell? Because I didn't want to come back as a fucking novice. I'm like, sorry. I can't find it. And I was like, what the hell is Thor at War? I even hit my boy up like, is this a comic? Like, what is he talking about? He's like, bro, I don't know. And I've seen everything. I was just like, oh, my God. Thor <laughs> TJ, War, definitely, guys. TJ, I want to leave you at one, with one question. Go ahead. I tweeted this the other day, and I thought it was a freezing cold take, and I was surprised how many people jumped in my mentions telling me I was wild for the night. <laughs> Sopranos theme song. Yes. Classic or trash? Classic. Talk about I don't get I, – I said it's the best, and here's the thing. No, I would not probably listen to uh, Got Yourself a Gun or whatever just in my whip. you know, Or maybe I would, driving through Jersey. <laughs> but no, I'm not, I'm not saying the song is great, but the song, that beat – 
match with the opening titles is just perfect. <laughs> I love like, that you ended the- on that because I wanted to have uh, – I knew that – you see, I went on two things. The reason why I didn't bring it up because I was like, you know what? Frazier knows his shit. So I'm not – this is <laughs> – I can't really surprise him with music facts. I wanted to have a music fact about that theme song because I'm a music guy. So it's like the more and more I listen to it, I'm like, bro, this shit crazy. Yeah. I, I want to have some type of like – you know that the 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 writer of that song was also in the Italian mob type <laughs> fact for you, but I was like, you know what? It's Frazier. He got it. I know he got it handled. So yes, that song is incredible. For the people who don't agree with you, fuck them. Oh, hits. On that note, Trinidad, thank you for talking, reaching out. You know, letting us know that you need to watch something. Coming on the pod to talk about Sopranos season one. Sounds like we're gonna be doing this again at some point soon, man. Appreciate it. Hey, you. man. Watch less, guys. Yeah. My man. Peace. Good, good stuff, man. Thanks, Trinidad. Appreciate that. Respect, guys. Keep doing your thing. Thank you, dog. You too. Hold it down. Yes, sir. Another fun conversation with the man, Trinidad James. Again, he knows his stuff. You can follow him on Twitter. I don't know if he cares if I say this or not. At Trinidad James GG. But only ask him to. Dad. I'm, I'm not saying don't support his music, but. Hit him with your fire uh, TV takes. He's out here. He's trying to. He's trying to. You know, get some real, real watching in. Um, but we couldn't leave this episode. There's been some things going on. Developments. Well, the. I guess we should on, on May the fourth, the day that uh, Disney Plus added. What's the name of that last movie? Rise of Skywalker. God, I used to call it the Rise of the Skywalker. I was always confused about that title. That finally got added to Disney Plus, but they also announced that the homie Taika Taika Waititi is going to be he's going to be writing and directing a film in the Star Wars universe. Taika is directing it, and he's co-writing it with Christy Wilson Carnes, who um, co-wrote Nineteen Seventeen. Oh, okay. So that's that's uh, that literally is. Awards Big season. old awards package. It, it's literally just this past awards season's uh, heavy hitters, sort of. I mean, out. real quick, we've talked about Star Wars endlessly. It's gotten to the point where it's one of those franchises that uh, it's legit. I'm not even, I don't even think it's bad. I'm just kind of tired of it. Like, I'm just exhausted by the conversation. It, yeah. It was too mid to warrant all this discussion. And, um, you know, at this point, all we can really hope for is someone dope at the reins who is going to do more than just remix what the fans want and then and then react to what the fans want and all that <laughs> shit. Like, Taika has a very unique vision, a unique perspective. But, you know, I was texting my man, shout out with David Cho, who's a big Taika fan. I think he was, um, he's someone that I always, like, hate when we do, like, a big list or a big essay or something mm-hmm. to get his opinion on. He was, he was, um... Uh, he felt the way about us not having Taika on the best directors list. Yeah. And so, you know, he brought up a good thing, which is like, and this is something that we've talked about uh, in essays before, either that we wrote ourselves or greenlit. I remember Brendan Gallery kind of wrote this about Brian Johnson and Knives Out. Mm-hmm. But it is uh, a give and take, gift and curse when um, a director writer that you respect, like someone who's really like an auteur, mm-hmm gets co-opted into, you know, another franchise IP. So basically, long story short, you know, as cool as it is to see him take on Star Wars and hopefully write the ship, even though this might just be a one-off movie, whatever, uh, this only further delays the Akira adaptation that he was trying to make. Yeah, I mean... So it's like, which do you really want? We're we're all kind of exhausted with Star Wars. Do you care about Star Wars or would you rather see someone like him whose vision is so steady take on something like Akira and you know for me it's kind of the latter so don't forget 2030 now don't forget the the house that uh, Mickey Mouse built they already got Taika to resurrect Thor I mean exactly everybody those first those first two Thor movies were seen as garbage and uh, when Ragnarok hit that was that was it it elevated itself to one of one of the better um of of the Marvel films and I I'm so now he's well, now he's in service to two franchises exactly. that were already inundated with instead of having the free time to take on this other beloved thing that he probably would do justice by. So I, I hope what know, I think curse. I hope whatever he's doing, if it's if it's not going to be like one of the big films, it's something that's just like smaller and really dope. Maybe they get back to like the, the Rogue One ish type stories where they're told it from different times and he's able to just, right. you know, elevate some, uh, you know, a smaller cat. I think it was the. 
because they have another project that's about one of the characters from a Rogue One, but I don't. It's not what Tyke is working on, but I wonder who and what. what well, I guess who and where within the. Uh, the, the Star Wars timelines, his, his film will be set. But again, they didn't announce a, a release date or anything like that. They're probably very far from that. Don't be surprised. We just wanted to feed the fans on May the 4th. Facts, they had to. I mean, hey, they got us talking. Um, what else has got us talking for a totally different reason? HBO finally aired the season three finale of Westworld. Um, I still haven't gotten there yet. I, I can't with the series. I can't with the show. So, you know, uh, Synergy Alert, we, I published a, like, review essay today. Yes. Basically, to just sum that up here, it's like, you know, your mileage may vary, but this show has always had problems. It's never been perfect outside of the pilot, which is a really good perfect just from the science, uh, a really good pilot just from the science of, like, introducing to a world and characters and setting up the stakes like i don't know the last time you watched it but it's a really great just episode of television on its own uh yeah but uh with each passing season man it has less silver linings yeah you know and i think this season for sure was one of the biggest where it just had no redeeming qualities like you think of season two season two by the by the time you got to the end you realize how much the narrative didn't really matter and it just petered out into nonsense But it had so many good individual episodes. Mm-hmm. Like you think of that. Remember when we had Jeffrey Wright on yes. and they had the three scenes, they kept going back to old dude. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of like Lost-esque, uh, you know, the the episode that was just on the, the Native American tribe. Dude. Mm, that was a good one too, yeah. It was beautiful. Uh, and even like the Shogun world on rewatch, that episode has nothing to do with the plot. And it's kind of a letdown for that. But it's like... At least it's stylish. Yeah, they, like it's a really well directed episode I, of TV. I hate because I in talking about I remember see, especially season two. I, when I always go back to what I didn't like about season two, I always mention Shogun World. It's not that the, the they went there, and that's the thing with the with Westworld and HBO. They have the money and they put that money on screen, and you can see it. it yeah, the robot shit looks dope, and you know they really try and nail the the, the sets or what have you, but. It means, it, and it's the it's the thing you're waiting for because it's the thing they they teased it in season one or they teased it early season two whenever they did, and you're like, shit, I want to get this, and you get it, and then it has nothing to do with the rest of like they spent all of this time putting all of this care into this show, so much of that that check is in the TV screen, and then it just it absolutely you get dope callbacks, but who the fuck cares? Well, I'm going to stop you right there because that uh, sums up season three and overall. Big facts. You know what you just said about that. Uh, this is something, you know, Robots Unleashing the World is something the show's been teasing. Yes. It's been kind of like the end game. And then we got here. Uh, the premiere was really dope. It was exciting. It had potential. Mm-hmm. And then after that, they just kind of retconned it all into this stupid bullshit with, you know, Vincent Cassell and a supercomputer. and So wasted. Uh, Fun cameos from Lena Waithe and Beast Mode and yeah. stupid designer drugs and half of the characters like yeah you know you could fast forward to season four and go back and call it a transition season but that would be a cop out like a transition season still has to be entertaining yeah and like, I will a, say you a know third of the cast had nothing to do season, season. like what is Bernard doing season three of Insecure was a transition season but at least people enjoy it you know what I'm saying like All right. I I saw I. Other things about the season three insecure I wasn't amazingly into because I saw what was happening and I knew season four was going to be fire. Season four Westworld better be fire because for a transition season that is this mid, I feel like it's just going to go down further. Yeah, man. I was hating myself watching this show. I don't know. I mean, if you enjoy the show, I'm happy for you. I would love to know what you see in it for me. It just gets increasingly like you know you got to remember this is the this is a show from the guy who this is what I always say this is a show from the guy who co-wrote Memento mm-hmm. and Inception. Mm-hmm. Now think of Memento's twisty timeline with the flashbacks. Think of Inception and the three-layer dream action sequences and shit. Right sure. now, those are very dope classic movies that are both like around two hours or less. Yes, get in, get out. Those kind of ideas apply to a long form series. 
it just it, it's a much taller order and they're not meeting it you got to fill that all that style with some substance too and that's and there it gets it gets thinner and thinner each season it probably sh- it should have been a situation honestly where if you're going to go three seasons you only need to go three seasons they probably should have condensed a lot of this story to make it work a little faster we still get the same yeah. beats we still I mean, get the same and, dope and- episodes but there's some, like certain episodes are just like badly paced. Like yeah. there's the the episode where we first spend a lot of time with um, uh, Tessa Thompson. Yes. Who again they waste more time trying to play games with you, trying to wonder who. Like to me, when I first saw her, I just assumed it was still Dolores yeah. from where they left off in the season two finale. But yet they still try to set up games where you wonder if it's Teddy or mm-hmm. whoever's inside of her. Uh, but that episode, all those scenes with her and, and retconning her having a family, Michael Ely, uh, cute kid, just so they could get blown up later. Yeah. Oh, you ain't see that yet. It doesn't matter. I already know. Whatever. I already know what happens with Ed Harris. It's like at this. I don't. I'm gonna watch it just to see what happens. I cannot care anymore. I can't. But that ep- th- those scenes were so sluggish and poorly paced, and then the back half of that episode kicked up when. Dolores finally finally met with um Caleb? Aaron Paul's character and they really kicked it. It was just weirdly paced, man. Yeah. The the episode like just the the layout of the reveal of um him and Kid Cudi just didn't hit. Yeah. Like, they have certain things that should hit, but what people forget is that it's more writing TV is more than just being like a good writer overall. Yeah. Like, you got to know how to like pace things mm-hmm. and how to lay story out and shit. And they just don't have the firmest grasp on it. It's, it's it. But like I said, man, I think I'm a, I'm, I don't see myself because there's a lot of time between seasons too. So you know, yeah, especially with the season, Corona. Like, ah, fuck. Exactly. So you're like, ah, fuck this shit. And then in two years, man, they'll probably they'll probably get us on season four. Whether we're doing this, doing something else, I'll at least check that shit out for morbid curiosity. Oh, but that and it, well, I think and again, the headline heat. We cannot disrespect the headline for this piece. Westworld is empty, unfulfilling, and unquittable. That unquittable is the key. It's the key because no matter how bad I feel about myself while watching, trying to get to the end, I still want to get to the end. I'm still going to check out season four. I don't know if I'm thinking it's going to be good, but I'm on for the ride right now. I'm, I'm giving Jonathan Nolan and company the benefit of the doubt. Uh, I wish I could be as about the show as I as Evan Rachel Wood is, because she is the show's. She's like the Vin so, Diesel of the Fast and the Furious series. series. Well, it's like you have people like Ed Harris, uh, complain like openly complaining about it, which is great. And, he was know, so he's over like a it. legend. He's not taking no shit. No, and you can kind of. I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of his peers feel the same way. Like, there's no way Jeffrey Wright loves what he was asked to do this season. I don't think they're not um, talking about the show. I don't think any of them have even really spoken out about it except for Ed Harris. But Evan Rachel Wood clearly she, she, is all in on this this nonsense. <laughs> she's she's Neo for the Westworld. I mean she she's literally she's taking the pill she's <laughs> And I mean, you know, I think uh to a less derisive point, this if this show does one thing well consistently, it's Sandy Newton. Yes. Uh, Tandy Moon is great. She should be cast in like the next like Kill Bill type shit. Fast. I see her doing more badass shit. Uh, Maeve, even though she's a robot and we're in the future, is her weapon of choice is a sword. Mm. And only Tandy Newton can, can make that you know, yeah. seem dope. Because otherwise it's like, why are we doing samurai shit in 2050 here? <laughs> but, uh, you know, and even that was another knock for the season. Like this season really kind of robbed her of her agency in a way that didn't make sense. Like it never made sense why she would throw in her lot with Vincent Cassell anyway. Yeah, I, I, Again. I thought it was going to be the big bad, you know, standoff between her and Evan. I don't, I don't whatever. All right. So if, Pass. If, if you like Westworld, I'm sorry. I apologize, but I just can't rock with it. Um, do rock with Trinidad James though. Again, thanks to, thanks for coming on the show, talking about Soprano season one. You'll see, you'll hear some more of that talk as he continues to, uh, to check that show out. Uh, if you want to check our show out, we are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, wherever you guys get podcasts, that's where we are. Um, just type in Watch Less, and we'll pull up, subscribe, like, comment, review, tell a friend to tell a friend. Get in on the conversation at Complex Pop on Twitter and Instagram. Let us know what you're watching. Don't be on no bullshit, because we will call you out for it. Uh, for Fraser Tharp, I am Cal, advising you always to tune in. Stay the hell in the house. If you do have to leave the house, put a mask on. 
then wash your hands and watch less. Peace. Peace. Watch Less is hosted by Fraser Tharp and myself, Cal. Our producer is Taliba Newman. Associate producer and sound engineer is Jasmine Plata. Production manager, Chancel Correa. Talent booker, Anthony Allred. Junior booker, Austin Bailey. Our director of talent relations is Kristen Price Harrell. And our senior director of operations is Jen Stewart. Watch Less as a part of the Complex Podcast Network. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.